Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey people, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And And this this is Season 4 of Better Let Me Tell You. gift earlier this week and i realized not i hadn't thought about this in probably 20 years i realized they don't really sell precious moments anymore they don't no because where would you buy the precious moments i can margaritas hallmark Hallmark, next to Publix on 117th or whatever public public's place or even in like christian bookstores they would sell them but they don't sell them anymore they don't. I'm sure you could probably go online. And, no, no, like, well, yes, uh, yes, online, or, yes, or, 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 yes. But I'm um, yes, I'm sure online you could find them. But it's not like you could just go to a no. And then I looked it up, and there's like a handful of Christian bookstores. Mm-hmm. The closest one was like in Pembroke Pines. Oh my god! And I'm like, no, 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 because no. I wanted to get a gift. I was like, no, 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 I'll be out there. I'm not driving to Broward to comprar una muñeca de precious money. Man, <laughs> that was that's a '90s thing. Was it just the 90s? I feel like, I don't know, it was like 80s, Right, but I 90s, think they no? reached, like the well, peak. first of all, everybody, welcome yes, to Better Let welcome, Me Tell You, welcome the to only podcast, the only podcast in the world that is starting this week's episode talking about Precious Moments. Unless there's a Precious Moments podcast out there. Well, you know what? Actually, there probably <laughs> is. There probably is. Because that sounds like really good. <laughs> like today we are going to talk about the 
uh, Open Hearts doll that was released yes. in May of 1993. Right. And you'll notice the teardrop eye. Yes. You know, it's, yeah. So I feel my sister in law has an I entire. I when we went to Precious Moments, we like, it was like NPR voice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I don't think they're going to be like, yo, you know, <laughs> that Precious Moments doll is dope, yo. Every, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like a valley girl like welcome to like precious moments online like like yo that bitch was a vet but it was for her stuffed animals like oh my god like i totally love the precious moments like like el woods <laughs> like is it hard <laughs> my sister-in-law has an entire vitrina because we have to say the word vitrina it's a vitrina a vitrina of precious moments <laughs> my uncle's first wife did too it kept precious moments were such a big thing. I I actually have a precious moment. I, uh, I have the graduation little oh, boy when I graduated cute. high school. Oh, that's cute. Uh, it's in a box somewhere. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I uh, you know it's there I don't know somewhere. How, I don't know how sure I am in my masculinity <laughs> to put up a, a precious moment doll on you know somewhere. You wear pink. You're secure. <laughs> I could wear pink, but I don't know about the precious <laughs> moments doll and all those pastel colors. But yeah, they were all like it's not even pastel. But it's it was interesting like how that was so popular. Yeah. It was so popular at one point and that, then, and then not not that I thought that it would live forever, but I don't know. I just thought it wouldn't have just like evaporate. Totally, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yes. But yeah, precious. Who means precious moments? The Precious Moments Company. I don't know. I liked the little giraffe. I thought that was. Oh, the giraffe was cute. Yeah, the little giraffe. So, well, (laughs) with that that Precious Moments talk, (laughs) everybody, welcome to episode 146. As I said, no other podcast, except the Precious Moments podcast, podcast, or maybe an all 90s podcast. At some point, they would have to have at least one episode. Oh, Precious Moments. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and you know the thing about Precious Moments also, especially if you were in the 90s. It was a great gift to give your girlfriend. It was perfect. Mira, a girlfriend, una quinceañera, a graduación, eh, una boda, eh, a tu abuela, a tu tía. Like, Oy, porque, porque eh, a baby being born. Mira, son los 15 de Melissa. Let's go to 15 Melissa. I can't read the name. Mira, ay, que lindo. Esa cosita de precious moments. Que lindo, que fino. Actually, now you said 15 and I. I did you see the group text this week? The request from our friend? Uh, no. You know I'm really bad at the group text. <laughs> this is why I'm bringing it up on air. Because she made a request that is basically making one of your lifelong dreams come true. She asked if you and I would be okay emceeing her daughter's 15s. <laughs> this is a real moment that you cut on air. I know! That's why I'm doing it! <laughs> I told her, I'm like, you realize you're making one of Darian's life dreams come true okay, with this request, to our right? Listeners. <laughs> For years, for years, I've always like kind of like a persona of mine. Like, you know how Beyonce has Sasha Fierce? Right. He has Locutor de Quince. Yes. I'm like, I'm like fantasized about this for like years, for decades. Okay. So I'm assuming we can tell her yes. Okay. Let me let me do a little okay. practice. Okay, this is this is him trying to get this in the moment. This is me cold. This cold. Is right, there's no 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 warm up. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores, al bello exclusive banquet hall aquí en Flagler y la 87. Hoy estamos aquí para algo muy especial, muy especial. Vamos a celebrar la entrada de nuestra bella niña Sabana a la sociedad cubana exiliada de Miami hoy en sus 15 años. 
<laughs> now <laughs> Europa by, by Gato Fieri or whatever brings in. Now that cortina se abre and she's on a swan. Oh, a, a swan, swan with smoke coming out. So this is how it would be like. La bella Sabana estudia in South South Southwest Miami Senior High. Le gusta hablar con sus te, con sus amigas por teléfonos no, no. y de compras. Now this is, le gusta no, mandar textos. Listen, I'm stuck in the 90s. Okay, 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 90s okay, okay. Su color favorito es el peach. Y cuando crezca, quiere ser una psicóloga. Ahora vamos a introducir la corte. Pareja número uno. Tenemos al joven. Oh, yes. It's always al joven. El joven Francisco Suárez y su bella acompañante, la señorita. Jessica García. Jessica García. Un fuerte aplauso a esta bella pareja. And then by like the eighth pareja, you're like, oh my God, fuck. There's like five more to go. Yeah, because they've closed the bar. <laughs> Oh my so gosh. Yes. So oh yes, gosh. I, 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 I answered for you. I basically said yes on our behalf. Okay, because this has been like a parody. <laughs> yeah, this has been like, this is like our thing about Celia Cruz, right? Like when she died that and it happened. Yes. So this is another thing of like, you no, know. but like, I've always done this as a parody. Like if I do this for, do real, for real, I have to like take it up a notch, but bring it down a notch too. Because I don't oh, want it to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? But Okay, but in your mind, the parody has always been like just you. She asked both of us to do it. So maybe like we can temper it that yes. way. See, because her 15s are probably, you know, she's it's a modern day 15s. Right, right. So it's probably going to be, you know, there's very no core. It's very no, good right, taste right. and all that. Right. Whereas my fantasy 15s is tacky. Is the, <laughs> is the epitome of the 80s king She came out in a swan. Right. Like right. what else would she come? Well, in a swing. There sí. was a swing, una the swan, una fuente. As I say, one of, the, one, of, one of the biggest 15s I went to at the Seville Hotel in Miami Beach, which I don't even know now what it is. She came out of un bucaro de flore. Oh. Un bucaro inmenso. <laughs> that was like un bucaro de seis pie. And the bucaro, actually, my favorite 15s, the quince de Marilyn, that when we had in, episode, we in have season talked one. We about Marilyn's 15s, When we had yes. in, in season one, listen to this. Uh, this, so this will be like, you know, part two of our quinceañera yes, episode. Yes. So Marilyn, this was a real 15s. <laughs> she had her 15s. I'll never forget this. At the German social club here in Aquina, Miami. Aquina, yeah. Yes. And I remember that her parents had asked them if they could tone down the Bavarian theme. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's at the German-American German social club. Social yeah. club like... <laughs> Did you think it was going to be a Polynesian theme? Yeah, like, there's only so much toning down. But anyway, after we... <laughs> at the 15th, she came out... So, the, have you ever been there? to the? Uh, that, uh, yes, yes. The, it's a huge mm -hmm. hall. And it was packed. This was like one of those 15s that had like 500 people. Okay. And she came out of a flower. Like, they built like an eight-foot flower with like ten petals. And then the, the petals, petals okay. very gingerly opened up. And, and she, she was there. She was in the middle. She yeah, was called Marilyn. Yeah, Marilyn. Uh -huh. Right? And she came out, I'll never forget this, to the theme of the Young and the Restless. <laughs> Listen, say what you want, but Mary J sampled it. And, Mary and J sampled what it. I'll never forget was that and these are the things that as a kid, like, they'll, they stay with you. That we, at the end, at the end of the 15s, like at the end of the choreography, uh -huh. she came out 
And she like kind of walked around the dance floor, which is enormous. It's like the size yeah, of a football yeah, field. Yeah, like yeah. it's enormous. And while she was just like walking and like waving, <laughs> they had a pre-recorded message of her. And some lady who was sitting at the table, and I, I was a kid and I remember this exactly. She's like, pero que, quien se cree que hey, I missed un UN. So. Like, <laughs> you know Miss Universe? <laughs> when, right before the... <laughs> they give the new crowd. She's, you know, the the, the audio. The reigning, yeah. Yes, the reigning, the reigning queen. queen. She's like, oh, you know, whatever. I want to thank Bob Barker. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> At one point, they would think tr- thank Trump. You know, that's great. Um, but but yeah, and I remember the I remember hers in specific. They, my brother, my cousin, and all that. They were in rehearsal for like months. Months. Yes, because there was like four or five costume changes. Costume changes? Yeah, you know why though? Because I have to tell you something about the 15, the, the, the spectrum of the 15s. Remember, I had an older brother and, and cousins and my brother was like the popular kid in school. Right. So my brother got invited to all the 15s. And danced his and fair danced share. And danced all right, of them. Right, and then right. he would, he danced many times with like quinceañera. Oh, so he was a principal. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not kidding. Like we, we went, we would go to like, I don't know, 10, 15s a year. So mm-hmm. after a while, like you built up the, the portfolio. It had become so popular that it, it like that's when there was costume changes. Okay, it had become a production and, and choreography, right? Because when I think now, uh, like the earlier 15s that he did, mm-hmm. that I remember he did a 15s where he was like 13. I was like a little little kid, right. and um, it was just like straight out, you know, the big dress with the right, comes out, doesn't doing Cuban danzones and right, all right, that, right, right. you know, all that stuff. And but by the end, it was like very like there had there was production value. Wow. My favorite 15s or my favorite events, and this is something that's very specific to Miami. My personal favorite, like either 15s or or parties, were the ones that were at Pyramid Banquet Hall in Coral Way at 107. Now it's called Olga's. Oh, okay. At Pyramid Banquet Hall, because Pyramid Banquet Hall, first of all, the bar was a pyramid. <laughs> but the thing about Pyramid and Banquet Hall that it was your typical banquet hall in the night, like at that time, right. that was in a strip mall. Right. And they would pack like 500 people into like that small location. So fire marshals were not happy. You know, like when you would go to these parties and like when you would get up from your chair, you would hit the person behind you yes. and the other yeah, table. Yeah, yeah. That's how Pyramid Banquet okay. Hall was. Okay. You, in order for you to go to the bathroom, like 20 people had to move. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And then when you'd go to the bathroom while the choreography's happening, you know, and everybody's focused on the choreography, then when you would come back, you know, it's like they had to move back. So I like I remember one of the last times I went there, I, yeah, I was older because it was like a girl that had turned 15 that worked at my mom's bank. And I think I was like in high school. This uh-huh. yeah, this was like way past the peak of 15s that we were like, there's still 15 going on. That I went there, that happened, and I went to the bathroom. The choreography was full blown. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just wait by the pyramid. <laughs> by the pyramid bar. Because now toda esta gente se tiene. And then, you know, when the food will come out, the rice pilaf with the vegetables. Okay, and I the, love rice pilaf. And the chicken cordon bleu. You know <laughs> that that is my favorite meal. Yeah. A rice pilaf with chicken cordon bleu. I but, love but it. But it's so interesting how, like, tastes change. Because, like, for mm-hmm. example, my brother and my sister-in-law got married in 1993. Like... I kind of forgot sometimes that they've been married almost 30 years. Yeah. Because they're still young. Right. But I right. realized that they got married like straight right, out of high, right school, high school. You know, yeah. like, um, I remember that when they went to go look at banquet halls, they, um, we went with them. Like the right. parents went with them. And, you know, I was like a kid. And um, I'll never forget 
that we went to this place, and I think it's still open, called Tony's Banquet Hall in Hialeah. Okay. And the reason why they didn't have it there was because it was in Hialeah. And, you know, my family and her family were all from, like, Kendall. It was far. It was far. So that's why Tony's Banquet Hall in Hialeah was a, like, Roman palatial like a like, coliseum coliseum theme thing with like roman columns and venus de milo and i remember us going in there and being like oh, this is the most beautiful thing i've ever seen <laughs> ever <laughs> like look at these roman columns <laughs> and then outside you look outside and you're in a strip mall in, in Hialeah. Of Hialeah with pavement it happens it happens and now it's like you know people got married at like the freaking biltmore you know right, and right. like you know the yeah, mandarin the oriental change. Yeah. Times change. Times change. So yeah, but banquet that oh. that was like the best. So I accept the job offer, but you know we're gonna have to. We'll figure it out. We have we have until the summer. We'll figure it so, out. We'll figure it out. We can script something. Okay. So 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 let's get to it because I wasn't planning on this little 15s chat. So I, we have to bring up the Dr. Seuss thing. Okay. Okay. So as many of our listeners probably heard. Um, this week there was a big hullabaloo, to say the least, regarding Dr. Seuss. Yes. Depending on what news source you watched, <laughs> the world was ending. Dr. Seuss was being crucified. Right. And, and you know, dragged through the mud. Right. And Posthumously then, his corpse. Yeah. Yes. And then... Yeah. To other people, it was like, okay, well, they're getting rid of insensitive books. So right. this is what this is what officially happened. Mm-hmm. So this week was National Reading Week. Yeah, National Something Week. Yeah. Reading Week, which coincides with Dr. Sue's birthday. Right. And one of the things that I always thought was really hmm was like, for example, Tristan is in first grade, so this mm-hmm. is the third year he's in school. Preschool, kindergarten, and first grade, and they've always like dressed up as Dr. Seuss and cat yeah, in the hat. My and all nephew's that the same, and right, and in all other schools because mm-hmm. I've seen for years now. They never did that. We never did. We that. never did that. No, but that's because that started in 1998 because the National oh, okay. Education No Seque, I forgot the name of the of the of the entity started in 1998 to bring literacy to children, so to get children in the habit of reading. And they made it coincide with Dr. Dr. Seuss's birthday. So I I knew it. I thought it happened because of Dr. Seuss. I didn't know that it was this organization. That sought out the partnership. Right. That used the image of Dr. Seuss. To promote reading. Right. I just thought they did it for Dr. Seuss's birthday. But then, you know, I got informed. So... So that's, let's put that in the back burner. So for a few years now, apparently Dr. Seuss Enterprises had been um, getting, you know, feedback and and had been getting criticism regarding some works of Dr. Seuss. Mm -hmm. Now, Dr. Seuss has published over 50 children's books. Right. Right. Um, And... They decided last, last year, year. Yes, this decision was not now. Right. Last year. Yeah. That this year, because this is a major corporation or yeah, a major it, it, Things don't happen from when it's that, Right. There's a process and a protocol right. to things. They decided to stop publishing Certain books. six of the over 50 children books that he has. Now, let me ask you, when they had the list of those books, did you know any of those books? There was one that I feel like I knew. Okay, but the most you were like... I think think the one on Mulberry Street. I think that's the one I knew. Okay, but they were not... It's not the Cat of the Hat. It's not Green Eggs and Ham. It's safe to say it's not the titles you you will go. Right. Right. 
the titles that you were more familiar with. Familiar with. Yes. yes right? Right. I had never heard of any of them. Right. I think maybe, yeah, the one in Mulberry Street, the things I know or the things that happened in Mulberry Street, they were not titles that I knew. It's not your traditional right. big names. And then I started looking at the images that they found, you know, in like insensitive mm-hmm. and racist. And yeah, they're very out of touch with today's time. And again, these were images these were books that are not even his popular books like most people don't know these books right so dr seuss's enterprise mm-hmm. decided to stop publishing these books nobody told them to nobody there was not a major outcry there was no, not a there was not a ban. last year to was, do it right, right. so as that, many companies make decisions that we never so find that out happened right right also earlier this week joe biden the president of the United States always like gives a list of his favorite children's books. Right. Right. Joe Biden put his list and it did not include Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden hates Dr. Seuss. Honestly, let me tell you something about Dr. Seuss. If I would put my favorite top 10 children's books, mm-hmm. Dr. Seuss would none of his books would be on there because I mean, I came from a Cuban household. The old, yeah, so the, it was a little the different. closest. I didn't really grow up on any right, kids' books. Right. I mean, the only thing I grew up in was Los Zapatigo de Rosa. Oh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, what was the, la, la, la cucarachita Martina? No, Los Zapatigo de Rosa. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, you know. I, Mari Arena Fina y Pilar, quieres tener su Zapatico de Rosa. Like, I actually knew no part of it. Um, so, but even as an adult, Dr. Seuss books, and I love like Seuss Landing and all that stuff right, in right, Universal, right, right. but his books, I don't have like a nostalgic feeling towards them because I didn't grow up with them. Right, I grew up right. with Jose Martin. <laughs> Jose Martin. Um, so I probably wouldn't have included it either. Right, right. right. Joe Biden does this, the world is ending. So, that coupled with it. So, what is your take on them, which is, I guess, the point of discussion. What do, What is your take on them not publishing these books anymore? Do you think it's censorship? Do you think it's timely? Do you think it's the right thing to do? Do you think it's the wrong thing to do? I think it's, it, it, honestly, it's a business decision. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, it's a business decision. And to your point, you know, these are not... Again, they're not discontinuing the Grinch. They're not discontinuing Green Eggs and Ham. They're not discontinuing anything that on paper is really making them money. So I have to assume that, okay, yes, they probably got feedback that said these are insensitive, these they are did. racist. They no, no, but I'm saying they got all this and great. But I also have to assume that on some level, before they make, before any business makes a decision to discontinue a product, they look at the numbers. If everybody and their mother had been reading the Mulberry Street or whatever, they probably would have edited it, had some Dr. Seuss lookalike artists come in and adjust it or whatever. You know what they probably would have done? They would have probably kept it in publication, but with like some type of disclaimer. Or something, right? Like what they did with Gone with the Wind. Right. So I'm sure that on paper they were like, look, this book sells like 10 copies a year. We're printing 5,000 of them. Nobody's buying it. These people don't like it. Fuck it. We're not doing it anymore. But do you like, think... And that's the cynic Okay, in me. but do that's you think that... Um, you know, numbers look, aside, they, do you think that they have a obligation or as the gatekeepers of Dr. Seuss's legacy mm-hmm. that they should do something like that if something well, is so out of touch? Okay, here's the thing. I'll, I'm going to use an example that's not, not the same but kind of similar. So go with me. Comic books. Okay. 
comic books every so often they'll do a reboot or they'll you know change a particular team lineup or they'll you know oh this team now you know this is their new history or what have you right and whenever that happens, you get longtime fans who always come out of the woodwork and say, oh, that's not my team. You're ruining my childhood. You're ruining this. You're mm-hmm. doing that. Ben Affleck. And my, yeah, and my, my, my response to that is always like, no, because those things, you know, still do exist. And if you so wish to go and revisit it, you can, you know, you can go out and buy this, you know, collection of the stories that you grew up with and what have you. Now, in this case, it's a little different because they're discontinuing it. But I'm assuming that if these are people who have such a reaction and nine times out of ten, the people who are doing this didn't even know these books existed. They're doing it on the quote unquote principle or what they mm-hmm. perceive to be the principle of whatever the principle is. But if you were such a fan of that book, chances are you 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 have it in your house. If you're a, if you're a Dr. Seuss completist, you probably have this book. And you know what? You can just go to your bookshelf and revisit the story like it's not it, it, it's not the end of the world but we live in a we live in a world now where everything on both sides of the spectrum becomes a thing well because here here's the thing and 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 this is my problem again, with the it. cynic in me says this that a it problem, comes down to a business this decision. is a problem that i have with it from a political standpoint so because everything is political nowadays right the narrative that right-wing media has used for this is they're canceling Dr. Seuss. They canceled, you know, um, mm-hmm. Mr. Potato Head. Our kids can't, you know, use the, you know, do these books. These damn liberals, you know, canceling everything, right? When that is not true. They're not. Can- because when you say they're canceling Dr. Seuss, what do you automatically think? All the his books are gone. Like, that's it. It's gone. Right. You know, right. they're going to have to bomb, you know, a, like bulldoze, I mean, a Dr. Seuss landing. <laughs> Which you I know. did see a headline. I didn't bother reading the article. That said, like, oh, you know, are they gonna reevaluate? I read the statement. Landing. I read the statement, and I don't. What they said was so because what they said was that it continues to be very popular, and that there there's nothing there that's offensive. That the only thing they are considering in light of this that they again, Doctor Seuss Enterprises chose to do this right. is there is a part that has the bookstore that well, it's the books are being taken out of the bookstore. Right. Right. But there's a part that has a petting zoo mm-hmm. that's called if I ran the zoo. And that's one of the books that they, um, that, that's, that, that are, that they're that, ceasing publication. Right. So they're, they're going to figure out if those small little, you tweaks. know, tweaks in the whole area mm-hmm. if they're going to keep that name or they're just going to rename it like Dr. Dr. Can the Hat Zoo or whatever. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right. But they're not getting rid of Seuss Landing. Oh, yeah. See, Vice News, which is the most progressive left leaning, like. <sighs> but they're like the most progressive left leaning news organization out there, was like, Dr. Seuss is not being canceled. In fact, there's many things of Dr. Seuss that are very redeemable, like the whole thing with the Sneetches. Yeah, the whole Lorax thing. I mean, the Lorax. I mean, he was an environmentalist yeah, before, before it was a thing. Right, it was a thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I just think that, especially in somebody like him, that he has a legacy. Right. We're talking about legacy. And the good outweighs the bad. Right. But I think that those are, are times that you could say, you know what? Part of this work is not, thankfully, where we are as a society today. anymore today. So, and these books are not representative of the brand anyway the bigger the bigger so you know what let's try to clean it up 
It's not censorship. It's not, you know, it, it's not like they're making people burn the books. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. What, what, what just bothers me about all this stuff is the way that it's then manipulated politically. For you know, clickbait. For clickbait and by certain people. They, the other day, they showed the day this hit the news. Mm-hmm. Fox News led with this on every hour and every show. In every hour and every show, they led with a Dr. Seuss being canceled. There's a million problems in the world, but that is what they led with every single hour. So now, if you are a Fox News, you know, watcher, watcher and you see this, now you go out and you're like, "Oh my God, they're right. canceling Dr. Seuss." These damn liberals, you know, Mr. Potato Head last week, Dr. Seuss this week, right? And that's. That's the problem. Like, that's yeah. the really big problem. So, whatever. I Again, I, I, I don't dismiss that it's, that it's something that was probably brought to their attention and they were considering it. But again, I go back to my statement. They looked at the numbers and these books are not selling. And quite frankly, probably if they were not, quote unquote, Dr. Seuss books, would probably have been out of publication a while ago. Probably. But I just think that whether it was for money, whether whatever the reason was, I I think that they did the right thing. I think that they did the Listen, right thing. Listen, they're a private company. Because they can you, do whatever you know they want. Look, look. I I'll never forget like the moment that I had like oh like the enlightenment moment. One of my favorite songs from Disney movies growing up that I freaking loved. It was my jam. Was We Are Siamese, if you please. Oh, from Lady and the Tramp. I freaking loved that song. I don't even care for the rest of the movie. The, you just love that scene. The scene with the meatball and the spaghetti. This is a night. I, I'm dead inside. Like, whatever. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> that scene, whatever. It's cute. Whatever. Right. But to me, it was the Siamese cats. Right? I loved it. So much so that I remember in like the Napster years, mm-hmm. I downloaded that song. Because I freaking loved the song. And then, you know, by that time, I was already, like, in my late teens when I right, downloaded right. the song. And I remember watching it at that time and being like, this hmm. is a little racist. <laughs> like, right. a little, no, this is, like, really racist. Which, obviously, as a kid, you right. don't, it doesn't register. Right. But even now, at this time, I was, like, a teenager. Right. You know, and this was 20 years ago. No, this was five years ago. Um <laughs> This was a few years ago, and me, even then, me right. thinking like, "This is really something's off. This is really offensive, yeah. actually." Yeah. Like, 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 yeah. But I mean, you know, things things change, and and actually, I think that's a great uh, segue to one of the other things that you had told me you wanted to bring up. Now that we're talking about music and songs, Mister Mister uh, Marshall Mathers. Oh, okay. Actually. That's a twofer. That's because a twofer. that okay. th- the thing with Eminem is TikTok. Okay. So I guess this is the cancel culture. This, this is the can- King says and the cancel culture. Cancel culture. Happy so, 305 day, everyone. So first of all, first of all, um, do you like my hair parted <laughs> more in the middle or in the side? Okay, 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 okay. Is let's, this about that whole millennial okay, okay. Let's, Gen let's Z give thing? A whole, let's give a whole thing of context. Okay, okay. So on fake fraud today, fake Friday, yes. the other day, I was watching the Today Show. Okay. 
And there was a whole segment on the Today Show. And not on the third or fourth hour. I'm talking about the prime hour between 7 and 9. Okay. There was a whole, sex, a whole segment. Um, a segment of the Today Show regarding the TikTok, uh, I don't know, challenge. challenge or war that's going on between millennials and Gen Z. And Gen Z. Gen Z or Gen X? Gen, the, the new one. Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z. Gen Z. Right? So we've always said that you and I were technically on the cusp of millennials. We kind of, depending on who you look at, we're millennials. For yeah. this argument, we're millennials, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. I At first, I was like, this is the most stupidest thing I've ever seen. Like, they put videos of people arguing. So Gen Z, okay. the young kids. The young kids, Gen Z. Say that... Older people are the ones who part their hair to the side. That, you know, they would not be caught dead with a side part. Okay. And the millennials... As, as, I, as I sit here looking at you with a, with your hair to the side. Right. Yeah, but when my hair was long, it was parted in the middle. Okay, fair I've, enough. I've done fair both, enough. Okay, right? okay. Um, because I think that all has to do with the way your hair is. Like, yeah, like exactly. If, your hair, if you're a guy with short hair... What like, are you going to do? Are you going to part your hair in the middle? Yeah, like Christopher a, Columbus? Unless it's a mushroom cut, you know, like... Right. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, but and then uh, millennials, so our group saying, uh, was like, you know, what the hell, you know, you young right. crappy kids, you know, it's all about parting it in the middle. Okay, um, I'm sorry to the, side, to the side, to the side, to the side. So there's like this back and forth on this, and at first I was like, this is so stupid, but then I was like, you know what? After the last four or five years, fine. If this is what we're arguing about on Twitter, let's have it. I'm okay. Let's with have it. it. I'm totally in the fight. Let's like, do it. Like if this is what we're arguing, I about, welcome it. I welcome it with open arms. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Like yeah, uh, yes. Like <laughs> I, I would actually argue for both because I've had both. This <laughs> like, is true. This is like, true. I've had both. Um, but you know what? I, I yeah. I'm like if this is what we're fighting about, let's fight about. This. Let's have it. So. Going with Eminem and okay. cancel culture. So this is more about like the cancel culture whole argument. Okay. Are we canceling side parts? So, so earlier this week there was a um, whole war on Twitter as on um, TikTok. I'm sorry. Okay. Regarding like younger people wanting to cancel Eminem because okay. he was very violent. Okay. And the song they referenced that they wanted to like they've like rallied behind getting yes like uh-huh. getting rid of him was love the way you lie i believe which yeah. is the, the song with rihanna uh-huh. and there's a lyric in that song that says something about like i'm gonna tie her to the post the bed post and set the house on fire uh-huh <laughs> i was like wait this is the song that you want to bring eminem down <laughs> this is for? the hill you're gonna die on i'm like have you read the lyrics to the song Kim from the Marshall <laughs> Mathers LP? Because basically the whole song is about him tying up his wife, putting her in the trunk of the car, chopping her up into pieces, killing her, and then throwing her in the river. Like that's that's literally the song. Like, yeah, and yeah, there's yeah, even yeah. parts in the song where, you know, she's allegedly in the trunk and you could hear her like, oh, that's oh. true. You hear yes. the muffles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I, never mind. <laughs> but, that's the song that you're going for? Not this song or any of the plethora of songs from his first couple of albums? Because God knows you have options. This is this is the song that this you This is picked. the hill we're going to die on. Right. So, you know what? You know what? Going to the bigger picture and about cancel culture. So, I would be interested to know, like, to our listeners, 
we, we need to do this live because I would love to hear people chime in on this. Yeah, like what their thoughts about are about like Eminem, like canceling mm-hmm. Eminem. Because I think back at like, you know, this is this is one of these things that like how fast a generation, you know, or, or just a few years that separates a generation from another, how they handle things. We both remember it, he was already established Eminem when he got called out on having homophobic lyrics. Yeah. And he did a duet on the Grammys with, with Elton, Elton John. John. Opened the Grammys. Right. With mm-hmm. Elton John. And that was a statement. Right. We didn't cancel Eminem. We didn't say right. down with him. We just simply said, hey, this is offensive because you're attacking us. You're attacking right. a whole segment of society. Many people who are your fans. Maybe you shouldn't say this. Right. Right, and he responded and made this statement right. with one of the biggest, you know, LGBT, right. which you know, it's interesting uh, because icons, because and possibly one of the biggest non-statement statements. Well, because, I don't no, think no, it was no, a non-statement. No, 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 I mean, no, I think no, it was sorry, very calculated. Sorry. What I mean by non-statement is, you know, nowadays people get called in the, uh, out on their shit, and it's like the whole like. I need to learn how to do better. I've been meeting with all of these people and we're right. going to we're going to read a book about why racism is bad. Like it was him just being like, "You know what? I got you." He did a duet with Elton John. Like he didn't do the whole, you know, bullshit statement and all but that. But what I think is interesting is that I feel that that is the way at that time that a lot of things were handled. And, you know, I'm not even saying whether it was better or worse or what's just more is what effective or not. But it was interesting. Like, I, I really started to think about that. How, you know, that wasn't that long ago. That was in the 2000s. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. How, yeah, that was an issue. He got called out on it. And we handled it. We moved on. And we moved on. We didn't cancel Eminem. Right. And whereas now, not only do are people canceled for saying things, they're canceled for things they said 10, 20 years ago, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you know, my whole thing with cancel culture is, you know, and, and I believe in accountability. I believe in accountability because I think there's certain things that are always wrong. Like right now, you know, we're having a reckoning on how Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan and all these girls right. were treated by the media in the early 2000s. You know what? That's bullshit. Because back then it was wrong. And everybody right. knew it was wrong because not to, you know, put myself higher than everybody right. else. I would make comments to you. I'm like, everybody knew that it was wrong. So right. don't come and tell me now like, oh my gosh, we were so hard on Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton and all that stuff. No, like you knew that it was wrong. Right. Like you knew that it was wrong, but you enjoyed every moment of it. So don't come at me now with like the, you know, this. The mea culpa. Right. It's like, you know, that that was wrong. Yeah. Right. Um, but I just think that you, if, if somebody, if you, if you find something on someone, you approach them, they make a statement. It's genuine because sometimes they're not genuine. Right. Like what more do you want? Right. Right. Right, like that—that's my—that th- is my problem with cancel culture. Well, you got to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. That's like, and we talked about this with Kevin Hart, where he yeah. kept—he was going to host the Oscars, and he kept getting oh, but and he basically came on. He's like, "Listen, I apologize. I'm not going to keep apologizing. You right. can accept it or you cannot. Right. And we're going to move on with our lives now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I just. This whole cancel culture thing, and I know we've talked about it several times on the show. It's just, I feel that it keeps evolving. 
It's just so it, it, it's annoying because it's what's interesting to me is that these people like let's take Eminem as the example, right? Like, okay, yes, what he's talking about it could be viewed as misogynistic and et cetera and et cetera and et cetera. But then the same people who are all about cancel culture, mm-hmm. right? These the same like woke people I hate that term so fucking much are the same ones who will then turn around and be like, but we need authentic art that yeah. shouldn't be censored. And it's like, right, so he's writing about what he was feeling at that moment, thinking about in that moment, and now you're like, no, but that's the wrong feeling. You shouldn't feel that way because I that offends me. So, And and because I don't want to listen to your music, you shouldn't make that music. Right. Well, because that's the thing about Eminem, and let's not forget how controversial Eminem yes, was. Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I now rem- Eminem is like whatever. I remember I saw him in concert during the whole Marshall Mathers era. era and, that was um, peak Eminem. Yeah, it was. Did yeah. he go to that concert? No, I've never seen him live, and I've and dying. It to was him. amazing. Um, he went on a whole tirade against his mother that everybody was like, "Fuck Debbie, fuck Debbie." And oh I'm yeah, like, I'm not gonna say fuck Debbie. Like, he did, like, not, he did not care for Debbie. Yeah, you know, and not that even was, when she was played by Kim Basinger. That was his blessing and his curse, right? In his music, that it was autobiographical. It was autobiographical. It was extremely honest. It was very violent at times, right? And that is what made him. Who he was. He was being now, real. Now you as a consumer have the right to not listen to that because yeah. you don't like that. Right. And even me, like I remember listening to him and I liked him, you know, and thinking like, oh, you know, this is like really. It's a little little much. Like a little much. You know, like the whole thing with his mom. It's like, I, I, I'm i not going to go into this whole tirade about, you know, saying these horrible things about your mother. I don't know Debbie. <laughs> I don't know Debbie Matters. <laughs> like, I, you know, I don't feel comfortable saying that. But that's it, you know. And I, I just... I, 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 again, I, I think accountability mm-hmm. is important. Yeah, but you also have to, like you said, if you're going to hold somebody accountable and somebody comes out and tells you that they are sorry for it, whether you believe them or not is up to you. But at some point, you kind of have to just accept that that is the apology that you're going to get, whether you believe it or not. And you cannot keep every time this person shows up, like just dragging it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, unless they continue to do the same thing over and over again. <laughs> Well, you know who is authentically Latina? And is authentically 305? Ms. Jenny Lee Molina. <laughs> she is our guest this week. And again, for those of you who are listening on Pero Friday, um, this Pero Happy Friday. 305 Happy 305 Day. Day 305 everybody. Day lands on a Friday. It lands on a Friday. If we wouldn't, it wouldn't be COVID. No fuera about Club Iguana. No. That, are we time traveling? Cafe Iguana. <laughs> well, yeah, this is like we were talking about the 90s. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. No, chico, por lo menos. We will go. They put a block party in Hialeah. They uh-huh. would have done a whole spiel like they've done in the past, you know. But this year. With my beaver. You know, unfortunately. <laughs> wow, beavers. La beaveria. Claro. Um, this year, unfortunately, you know, because of COVID, they're still taking precautions. So everything has been virtual. But, you know, there's a lot of cool you know, virtual happenings and a lot of local stores are still participating. So, you know, we talked to Jenny Lee because she is the founder of 305 Day as well as 305 Cafecito Time um, about, you know, what led her to, to start 305 and what we can do to not just, you know, okay, it's March 5th, happy 305 Day and then, you know, forget about it. There's other things you can do all year long to, you know, give back to our community. So without further ado, here's our interview with Ms. 305 Day herself, Jenny Lee. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, everybody. Now, as you know, we premiere all of our episodes on Biddle Fridays. And this Biddle Friday, as we've said a couple times already, is probably our favorite Biddle Friday this year because it lands on March 5th, also known (laughs) as Miami as 305 Day. And with us, we have the creator of 305 Day, Jenny Lee. So thank you so much for joining us, Jenny. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. And what a special episode. Pero let me tell you, because it's 305 Day. It doesn't get more 305 than hanging out with you guys. So I'm glad this episode's coming out on 305 Day. Thank, thank you so much. You guys are amazing, by the way. Give it up to these 305 heroes. I can't believe how many episodes you have already done. I just want to know why it took 165 episodes to finally invite me on the show, but... In all fairness, it was 146. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know how many episodes you guys have done. Seriously, though, I, it's amazing. You know what, though? It's it's very actually. This is something we can talk about because you're in the epicenter of this. It's very organic because when we started the podcast, you know, we're in season four, but you know, we started it three years ago. When we started the podcast. We didn't know anyone, like no one, um, and we weren't really connected to the influencer scene in, in Miami as much as we don't like using that word. Uh, we were really we didn't know anyone, and we came out with the podcast, and it wasn't until like maybe I don't know uh, 20, 30 episodes in that we're like, you know, maybe we should have some guests, and then that's how it started snowballing. I and love it. People. I love it. You guys have done such a great job capturing so many Miami people and. It's just good to listen and then, you know, you don't get to hear all of those stories um, in passing with all of these people you interact with. There's so many awesome people in Miami and you guys do a great job highlighting them. So thank you. Thank you. So yeah, it started snowballing and we started meeting a lot of people that then led led to other people and, you know, and here we are. Um, And actually it was meant to be because we get to interview you for 305 Day on 305 Day. It was meant to be. Right. Totally serendipitous. I love it. 305 Day was like on Wednesday. (laughs) Or whatever. Actually, the first 305 Day fun fact was on a Wednesday. And I thought to myself, no one is going to show up to Versailles for free cafecito at 305 on a Wednesday. Because it was a Wednesday. But lo and behold, people wanted free cafecito and pastelitos. So that the first 305 Day was actually on a Wednesday. So let's start with that. How, when did 305 Day start? Like, how did it go from just being an idea that you were like, oh, this would be kind of cool, to how it started? Like, actually, you put the first one together to what it is today. 
Oh, it's such a fun story. I can't believe it's been eight years already. But like most ideas, they just come to you, right? Um, and then you just kind of go with it. And that's kind of what happened here <laughs> um, in a nutshell. So uh, 305 Cafecito started as an idea. It happened to be 305 and I was having Cafecito at a David's Cafe uh, on Lincoln Road, RIP David's Cafe. And um, it happened to be 305 and I thought, wow, how fun to make 305 the time Miami's official coffee break time. And so that's what really started it all. Mm-hmm. And from there, a year later, after really... Um, going hard on that campaign on social media and, you know, just making it fun and other people engaging in it. Um, we decided to do a, a, an event on March 5th at Versailles. And we said, okay, every year we're going to start doing this. Um, and so it, it might've been maybe like February 20 something when I w- looked at the calendar and I was like, Oh wait, next week is real fun. And that's kind of like how it hit me was literally looking at the calendar and it it was kind of like Queen's Gambit, you know, like the numbers just like call at you and like what's more 305 than 305, right? So here we are, you know, eight years later and it really was just that Ventanita event, you know, people came on a Wednesday, got their free cafecito, uh, got their free cafecito, Versailles was super gracious and allowed us to host people there. We gave away like fun uh, 305 cafecito shirts at the time. And um, we had the event there the first year. And then the following year, we decided to make it a little bit bigger. Um, and we had a ball and chain for a couple years. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it evolved into something even larger, which was the block party. And so every year, um, we've had this large event um, now for a good five years now that we've had the block party. And... Um, you know, we try to feature local vendors. Last year was actually the first year that we wanted to have a little bit more of an impact. And we started hosting the uh, 305 Day Volunteer Pledge Drive, where we wanted people, much like Miami Day, um, and people, uh, much like Give Miami Day, where people are donating their funds on Give Miami Day, we want to really start telling people that 305 Day is not just about having fun and dancing to DJ Laz and having some drinks. <laughs> Um, although that's all fun and, and that's part of our culture, but I really want people to look at 305 Day as a day when, hey, I'm going to sign up for some volunteer projects. Like, how can I give back? And if, um, you know, we really look at our greatest resources time and we all have time, um, but we don't always allocate it to civic engagement, right? So how do we change the conversation with 305 Day and become a platform for that too. So that's really at the heart of 305 Day. Yes, it's a lot of fun, but um, you know, this year and last year, we're asking um, people for the first time to also take that day to go to volunteermiami.org and look up ways you can volunteer and give back. Um, because philanthropy is not just donating dollars, you know, you can also be um, philanthropic with your time. So that's really what we want to share too. But at the end of the day, 305 Day is just a big celebration of everything that makes us us and uh, fun and unique and, you know, uh, 305. <laughs> and, and the whole civic engagement thing you're talking about is very important because there's just so many causes. I mean, there's causes everywhere, but here in Miami, there's just so many causes that people need their time. And, and you know, I, I, we say that here on the show a lot that it's like when you get out there and you do something, you're going to feel so good about yourself and, and you're going to be having helped, you know, so many people in your community. I mean, it goes a long way. So it's great that you, you've incorporated that into, you know, the whole fun and 
you know, the fun aspect of it. So, Absolutely. so we, we went, um, obviously we went to the last couple of three or five days before, you know, the world shut down yeah. <laughs> and, um, and you know, when you say block party, this is not like just a little block party. Like it's a, a huge undertaking with like a central stage and a bunch of vendors, you know, because block party makes it sound like, you know, the people around the block have like a DJ out in the front yard and like, it's not, it's not a cul-de-sac situation. So how, how did it, how did it get to this? Like, are you, you still organize this in whole like mammoth of an event like that we see now? Well, it was like the combination of my world colliding. Um, I was, I'm also the co-founder of the Leo Arts District in Hialeah, mm-hmm. which is where we've been hosting the block party for a few years now. So yeah. in 2015, um, I had partnered with um, Councilman Paul Hernandez of Hialeah, um, who we love now because he's Democrat. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> can I say that on the show? I don't know how PC I can be here. <laughs> um, Jenny, we were still recording the show when I was a field organizer. <laughs> so you could imagine how that went. <laughs> No, but Paul's amazing. He, you know, he really is a, a community champion, and he um, zoned for the, this area to be um, live work in Hialeah. And I was at the same time doing projects with muralists and art, and not only in Miami but in other cities. And I was like, how can we bring this to Miami and specifically Hialeah? So everything just combined. Um, and I was doing the projects there, bringing muralists there, um, and doing free cultural programming in Hialeah. So. It just made sense to do the block party in Hialeah. It was already a project that I was really passionate about, and it, and it, um, you know, we don't have a lot of opportunity to do fun things in Hialeah necessarily. Uh, you're always going everywhere else. Um, those who are from there can relate. You know, you go to Flanagan's for fun, and that's about it. Um, now we have Unbranded that just opened, right. uh, La Cocina, uh, Kush Winwood, and and those are all in the Leo Arts District. Yeah. So it's exciting to see like this, um, you know, and it's not, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, aren't you afraid of, uh, you know, I'm going off on a tangent now, but, uh, you know, aren't you afraid of um, gentrifying the area? And I'm like, well, there's a fine line. And yeah, you're always afraid of creating that monster, so to speak. But, you know, Stevens Deli had been there since 1954. And if Kush wouldn't have come in, that history would have gone. You know, where Unbranded is, that huge warehouse, 30,000 square foot warehouse, sat empty for seven years. Um, so it's not like we're taking over like places or other people's businesses or whatnot. Um, this is um, really reinvigorating a, a whole area of Hialeah that was just really just dilapidated. What's yeah, that word? Dilapidated. dilapidated. There you go. Yes. So. So yeah, so that's how 305D evolved and became the block party there. Yeah, and, you know the Stevens Deli. It's funny, it, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned them because I um I've worked in Hialeah for the last 10, 11 years, so I've come to know the area very well. Um, and I remember the first time I went to Stevens Deli, I was like, wait, am I in Hialeah or am I like out of in New York? Because it it is the last thing you would imagine. You know, going with the stereotype of Hialeah, that you would think that a traditional old Jewish deli that had been open, I don't know, 50, 60 years, was in the heart of the warehouse district of Hialeah. And there it is, you know, and now it's 
it's such a, well, I mean, it's always been a landmark, but now it's so, like, hip, and, and it's such a, a vibrant area, so, I mean, I, you're part to thanks for that, so thank you, you know, because oh, that's... that's yeah. You think thanks to people like you who appreciate the history. I think if it wasn't for Matt who appreciate the history like you, uh, the people that have been um, really supporting that business for years, like it's always packed during lunch. It's so nice to see. So I think it was just like a shared energy of all of these people who really wanted to see that happen and come to life. And, and it's just been awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, shifting, shifting a little bit, like it's, you know, we're, we're on three or five day, right? So, Obviously, like Darian said, you know, last year's 305 Day was the closing ceremonies for 2020 as we knew it in high school. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I need to use that as a caption. It definitely was the closing ceremony. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was March 7th. We had our blog party. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's like literally the, the next weekend, it was just like, well, we're all hermits now. Um, you know, yeah, that was the weekend that we were really busy that we had to yes. split between 305 Day and Carnival on the Mile. Yes, it was that same weekend. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was like the last weekend the world was open. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, was, it was the closing, throw five day was a closing ceremony of, you know, of 2020. But, but, you know, it's great because you, you know, looking even to this year, I know a lot of events are facing challenges, right? Like, we don't want to stop existing. Like, for instance, Burger Beast, you know, last, uh, end of last year, he still had a croqueta palooza. It had a different form. It was a drive through situation. So, you know. We're still having through a five day because damn it, we're through a five strong. But a thousand percent, and then some. <laughs> you know, we're stronger than any cafecito, damn it. And three or five cafecitos, also your thing. So just put it <laughs> there. You're also the, the you you run that. Um, <laughs> how is through a five day evolving this year? You know, to account for that because unfortunately we can't really have the block party. You know, I mean, we I think we could have done it though. I think we could have done it if you had made, you know, the the dress code like hazmat couture. <laughs> I think we could have done it, but but we went another route. We could have somewhat, um, but yeah, we would have gotten the the permit for the street closure or the insurance or the sponsors. So siempre, there's that. We we could, but you know, we're doing the responsible thing this year. We're really excited that so many community partners have signed on to participate. And we have over 60 different small businesses that are doing something for 305 Day, whether it's like a special offer or a special cocktail. Uh, Kush Hialeah is going to be doing a fun event with Voli Vodka, uh, with the Voli 305 Vodka. They're going to be doing uh, free shots at 305. Uh, DJ Laz is going to be at Casa Tiki. Uh, so there's fun ways to have uh, to enjoy 305 Day if you want to go and grab yourself a drink. But if you want to stay home, there's even um, Glow Fitness Studio is doing a twerking class. You can enjoy some 90s bass and twerk at home. Is that also going to be DJ Laz or, you know, because, uh, <laughs> you know, twerking. There'll be some DJ Laz in there. But no, there's definitely a, a lot of fun ways to celebrate. And we have over, like, we have a huge community guide on the 305 Day website. You can go and browse through there. Um, you can either celebrate at home with like the twerking class I mentioned. You can go and grab yourself a drink. Martha Miami is going to have 20% off all her merch. So you can Damn. get real five day swag. Um, but yeah, it's really about just celebrating the 305, supporting these small businesses. We've always had the vendors. We've always done the block party, but a big part of the block party has always been our fun, super curated Miami 305 vendors. 
So we're still going to have that virtually and you can still shop from them online. Um, and we're going to be doing a lot of giveaways all, well, today's 305 day if you're listening to this. So we've been doing uh, giveaways all week, but uh, we're going to continue the giveaways all throughout March. So we're going to keep it going. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. we were participating in a giveaway with... Uh with a bunch of, you know, a bunch of our, our local guys, you know, with being I saw that. That's pretty yeah, yeah. Hey, actually, I'm glad that you mentioned the whole thing of the vendors being curated. Because um, I know when the, the first time we went to 305 Day, the, like at the, at the block party, that's something that we really were, you know, taken aback by how there were so many vendors that were very, very Miami. Like, there was no generic middle of the road vendor selling like you know uh, back massagers or anything like that so tell us a little bit like do you come do these people vendors come to you or do you reach out and and see what fits you know the description for 305 day so what you'll notice like throughout my career is like all the layers of everything kind of uh intertwine and that's how we get to where we get to so i used to also do the Miami flea which was awesome. Oh, okay. um, I did that for, for two years. And that was an amazing opportunity because I was able to connect with so many awesome vendors. And then I was kind of like in this like vendor scene. Um, and there's so many cool makers that are doing um, hand printed um, shirts and really cool earrings and things that are all handmade. So lots of soap making in South Florida. I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. And so that uh, that that really was what led to, okay, let's make sure that we have vendors at 305 Day. And so um, a lot of the vendors came to us too, but that was great. And that's a big part of 305 Day is having those, those cool vendors. And you can still shop from those vendors even if you don't go to 305 Day. You can, you know, to the block party this year. You can you can still shop them online. Yeah. You mentioned... Sorry, you mentioned the website. Is it just 305day.com? They can go to the it's 305day.miami. So if you go to 305day.miami, our community guide is there. And um, you can also uh, check out the past galleries and past events. But you can just browse on there and see all of the giveaways and all of the different offers from the local um, small businesses that are participating. What, what I will say, and, you know, I hope that one of the things that we accomplished with, you know, this interview is that people that maybe were not familiar with 305 Day or hadn't gone, you know, check it out. Because I will say that, um, you know, having been to a lot of the different street festivals here from, like, the world-renowned Calle Ocho to, um, you know, Miracle on the um, Carnival on the Mile, um, 305 Day, it's it, it, to say that it's so Miami is an understatement. I feel that, you know, from the vendors to the music to the crowds, it's so genuine and it's so organic. It, like, you could tell that it, it was put together by somebody like you, not just, you know, these corporate sponsors. It's, so, uh, it's more Miami than Lucy Lopez drinking a cafecito at her abuela's house. That's, that's what he's trying to say. Whoa. <laughs> but thank you so much yeah and and i really appreciate that it really is something that uh we put together with a lot of heart and we always really try to also make it very family friendly so uh when we say it's so miami it really is so miami but in a really um i think wholesome way until it gets dark <laughs> Actually, we have never been there in, in when it's dark. And we, will be no, we, we haven't done 305 Day After Dark, no. no. <laughs> that could be like another, like, 305 Day After Dark. 
that's a whole other conversation. No, but you know, it, it really is a, a family friendly event. And then, yeah, of course, the later it gets, the, the, the crowd kind of starts to shift. Um, we always close it out with like a really good um, act. So last year we had DJ Laz. Um, and yeah, that was the last time everybody was all up on each other with no masks. Yeah, it's, crazy. <laughs> it's crazy right it was just a year ago and so such a yeah program. yeah you know for a long time we you know back in june july when we would normally be going after like you know sponsors to help put this together um you know we really didn't know what was going to happen so that's kind of like why we were in this position too and you know a block party right now wouldn't necessarily be the safest so this is the next best thing um is to just go as virtually as we can but hopefully next year we can have a huge block party and be done um you keep it alive you know maybe in just a different form but you keep it alive and when the time is right it comes back you know how it's supposed to be a thousand percent a thousand percent no matter what we're still celebrating the 305 because it's 305 so right. not that doesn't change <laughs> So, so I always like to ask, you know, people that we bring on the show that are very linked to Miami and are, you know, again, Miami influencers, although we're not crazy about that word, that term. I like the word content creator. I just feel like that has more impact and is more accurate. It's more legit, I yeah. Like I have an aversion to the word influencer. I feel like it's somewhat pretentious. Yeah. We, we I, don't really, I don't know. I just don't... I, we kind of said here a couple of episodes ago, because we were talking about that, that a lot of times influencers, that's why what you said content creator, it's really the, the antithesis of that. That influencer are people that are really don't have a com like a commodity, like something to sell or like promote or like nothing. It's just like, it's me. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, I feel like everyone's an influencer because everyone has an audience, like no matter what, like at one, some level you're influencing, right? But, but yeah, I, I, I understand. I have an aversion to the word too. Well, as a Miami <laughs> creator, uh, I always like to ask this question: um, How would you describe Miami in one sentence, or maybe two sentences, because you know we're Cuban, to somebody you know from like Nebraska, you know, or you know, middle of the country? Uh, how would you describe Miami in the scene here? From my perspective, I feel like Miami's this warm blanket. Um, I feel like it welcomes my grandparents and my family. It feels like home. Um, it's paradise. I love Miami. I'm saying this as I'm looking at the skyline. Um, I love Miami. So yeah, it, it feels like a warm blanket. You know, it, it's a good, it's a, it's a beautiful place. And the people are beautiful and warm too, for the most part. For the most part, no, because, like, for example, a couple of weeks back, um, we had, or last week, we had the, you know, the Beyond uh, South Beach. I just heard that episode. I love them. Yeah. And, you know, that's their whole shtick is that, you know, there's more to Miami than South Beach. We love South Beach. South Beach is beautiful. It's, it's you know, world percent. No, but I, I yes, that goes without saying. We love South Beach, but uh, but yeah, there's so much more than, than that. So much more. And then things like this, like 305, they re really bring in the culture of what really is Miami. Because yeah. I, don't know, I think South Beach, South Beach is sort of an artificial culture in a way, because it's it's more for tourists. Well, and it's, it's like saying... It's it's yeah, it's yeah. Like, but it's also like, it, it would be like saying, you know, Times Square, that's really New York. 
right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great um, example. Yeah, I, I, you know, Miami's a beautiful place. I know that there's a lot of things about Miami that we recognize that needs to change, but I'm very grateful. I feel like we live in a world-class city that is beautiful, that has culture, that has diversity, um, and everyone wants to come here. We live where you vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That on Instagram all the time, and some some people give me shit, and I'm like, uh, yeah, like <laughs> we kind of do, we kind of do. I live uh, on on 27th and Coral Way. That's not necessarily where you want a vacation, <laughs> but uh, it's close to the growth. It's close enough to me. It's close enough to the Gables, the Grove, like you know. No, but we do live in paradise. Uh, you know, we have to take we we can't take that for granted, and I feel like a lot of us do. But we do. We, do. we live in a beautiful city. We do, we do. I lived in, in downtown for many years, and, um, you know, I, I, I was very fortunate that I lived in, in, in a, an apartment that had, like, a, like bay views and, and city views, and I would look at it, and I'm like, wow, like, this is such a special place. It, it's so, not only is it beautiful, but it's, it's, look at this, it's tropical, it's ocean, it's blue, like, you know, and, and a lot of times people, I think, take it for granted, and just see, like, the bad things, like, oh, my God, traffic, oh, my God, construction, oh, my God, which those are issues, but every place has its issue. I mean, no yeah. place is perfect, so. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful to live here because uh, I often think about when my parents made the bold decision to come here, my story could have been so different. I could have not been having this conversation with you and been born and raised in Cuba where the access to communications isn't as free um, like we are having now. So I think about that too. And I think about the opportunity that Miami is for me. Um, and it was for my grandparents. And I think that that's kind of like where my like love for this city comes from a lot. Yeah. Is like not taking that for granted. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So, you know, as, as, as we wrap up, you know, obviously today's through five day. Guys, go to the site, 305day.miami. But also, more importantly, you know, to kind of bring it back is, you know, ultimately, and, and we're big proponents of this, you know, get out there, guys, you know, support the local businesses, you know, not just on 305day, but every day because... Every day. Every day is 305day. Every day is 305day. You know, that's who makes us us. And also, you know, to, to Jenny's point earlier, there's so many, you know, ways to give of your time and give back to your community that you are celebrating today. You know, and, and that's something that we should think about long term. And, you know, and again, there's ways to do it, I'm sure, on the, on the website as well. Yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, and thank you for highlighting 305 Day. I hope whoever's listening to this, whether it's 305 Day when you're listening to this or later, uh, you still go to the website, check out the social media. There's a lot of small businesses that we highlight. And hopefully you find your new favorite T-shirt through us. Uh, that's always fun. Uh, when people are like, I bought this at 305 Day, and I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, uh, thank you so much, guys. Happy 305 Day. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Really. <laughs> and thank you for creating it. Really, really do. Thank you. A milli, a milli, a milli, a milli, a milli. I freaking love that song. And we're back. Yes, we're back, everybody. So again, happy 305 day. And again, if it's Friday, check our Instagram. We're doing we're part of a big old giveaway of a bunch of 305, you know, goodies. 
Um, in, yeah, I looked at the goodie bag. I'm like, I want that goodie bag. Right? In partnership with, you know, with just a whole shit ton of people. <laughs> so just check it out. Um, and also go to Bing Pong Boom's page will be the one who will be announcing the winner. It's one of the greatest words of all time. It really is. Yeah, no, you know, look, Jenny, what Jenny's doing with 305 Day and kind of, you know, what we talked about um, with the, Phil the and, and Alex uh, beyond South Beach mm-hmm. last week. You know, th- th- those are the type of images of Miami that we need because, yeah. you know, th- these are images that are authentic, that are real, that that's what Miami really is about. You know, we love the it's beach. It's not Ocean Drive. We love the beach. I freaking love the beach. I love the ocean. It's one of the reasons why I love living in Miami, right. but that's such a small part of what the Miami experience is. And, you know, like Jenny with 305 Day is really bringing at the forefront. And to those of you, you know, who have not attended the block party, um, as she talked about in the Leah district, hopefully next year. Or later this year, maybe they'll do one. Who knows? They'll do one. (laughs) At 305 Day in November. No, why not? That'll be good. Exactly. And then we can go to the feria. Exactly. It's perfect. We start in one, we end in the other. Um, Because nothing says 305 more than la feria. As we said (laughs) last episode. Um, That's, that's, it's a great block party. It really, yeah, it really is. is. We've got, we've gone a few times, and it's it's very Doesn't authentically Miami. Does so. not disappoint. So, are you thirsty? I am. It's time for a last soda. So, Dime. you ready, or you want me to go first? I'll go first. All right. So, my last soda goes to ABC the network. Okay, not the alphabet. Well, I mean, <laughs> we owe so much to the alphabet. <laughs> I just you felt the need to, to mean, differentiate language, the letter people. Oh yeah, that's true. So that great song. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Alphabet Street by Prince. Alphabet anyway, Soup. <laughs> anyway, um, you're gonna make me forget my last song. <laughs> ABC, ABC, the network. Yes. Uh this this week, I believe on Tuesday, mm-hmm. they aired a five part series mm-hmm. of Soul of a Nation called oh, Soul yeah, of a yeah, Nation. I haven't seen it yet, and it is a very when I mean in depth, it's as in depth as it could be for a one hour show in five parts. Because if you're going to talk about you know <laughs> race relations in this country, yeah. you know having to do you know going back from slavery to Jim Crow, it's going to take that about, should have its own streaming platform. That's how much content it's going to take. Oh my gosh. That'd be a great idea. Like, <laughs> like a great idea. <laughs> wow. That would be a great idea. Yep. I love that. Um, but I give them credit for and doing something that... Listen, this is not something that I imagine... They were like, oh, we're really going to bring in those big ratings right, during sweeps, right, right. you know. This is, I feel, is the type of programming that is thought-provoking, informative, educative for some people um, that we really need. Because, you know, that show, it really talked about the nuances of the black experience. Mm-hmm. And those are things that, you know, maybe a lot of people don't know about. Well, right? again, if you're not black, you... you they don't know. No, but you even, didn't live it. But, you know, sometimes people... Whether it's because you don't know someone or it's not the, you know, where you live or you have, you know, a lot of times if something we've learned with age is how oblivious so many people are to certain realities, right? Right. Whether it be 
you know, the black experience, even the Latin experience, the gay experience, homelessness, you know, what a homelessness, yeah. pick, 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 pick your pick yeah. issue, right? How oblivious people are because they live in their bubble and in their echo chamber. Mm-hmm. You know, we can have a conversation as to whether they do that willfully or not, but that's for another day. Right. But again, kudos to N- for to ABC for airing this show. Um, I saw the first episode this week and it was fantastic. Um, it was you know, it was the type of show that we need and it was very it was very engaging, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. it wasn't preachy. You know, because I feel a lot of people get turned off, even if the, it's a good cause, when it's something is preachy. It was very informative and you know, it's it's good programming. It's the I feel it's the type of programming that is responsible programming. Mm-hmm. And again, they're a huge network. They didn't really have to do yeah, that. Yeah, they didn't have to. Yeah. Um they could have how to report on that on the news and put it away, you know, like... Say 2020 and call it a day. Right, yeah. right. and that's it. But, you know, my last uh, soda goes to them for, you know, really going out there and doing this because uh, they really didn't have to. They didn't have to. So, awesome. you know, kudos to them. So my last soda is going to go to somebody who is going to... It's going to seem like a huh at first, but go with me. Is it Kimmy? Is it Kevin? It's no one with a K. Okay. Um, my last soda is actually going to Freddie Prince Jr. Wow. <laughs> that is a name and face that I have not thought about in decades. So here's why. So last week, oh, the... This is the 90s episode. You see, you see. Last week, um, Peacock debuted all 10 episodes available for, for viewing for free of the new Punky Brewster. Oh, I need to watch that. It's super cute. I saw all 10 episodes. It's I, in the same apartment, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She inherited it from do, Henry. Do they talk about Henry? Yeah, the first episode. Like, And there's a picture of him on the wall. So, oh, like, Henry, yeah. Henry Watermont. Watermont, Watermont. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, so it's punky. She's grown up. She's still friends with Cherry. And then her ex-husband is played by Freddie Prince Jr. Oh. He plays her ex-husband. Now, what I loved about it is that they made his character, when they were creating his character, they went to him and they asked him, they're like, look, we're making this character Latino. His last name is Luna. Should he be Mexican or Puerto Rican? And Freddie Prince Jr. said, well, I'm Puerto Rican, so it should be Puerto Rican. And so people forget that Freddie Prince Jr., his father, Freddie Prince, the comedian, was Puerto he Rican. Was Freddie Prince was it what in... Chico and the Man. Chico and the Man. But he played a Mexican. He was a Puerto Rican playing a Mexican. And so Freddie Prince was like, no, my dad almost got crucified for playing a Mexican when he was a Puerto Rican, so I'm going to play a Puerto Rican. And in the show, it's funny, there's an episode where he walks in on the new the new punky, the new girl who's like the punky Brewster character. And she's, Which is her daughter? No, it's it's a foster, a foster oh, okay. child. And she's watching a novela. And when he walks in, he's like, is that Maribel y las Mujeres? And he's like, his Spanish is really good. But, you know, it's not the first time because when he had his short-lived sitcom in the, I think it was like the late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. he, in that show, it was him and all the women in his life. And all the women in his life, it was his tias, his primas, everybody was Latina. So, you know, it just goes to show that Latinos are everywhere, right? Yeah. Even where you least expect it. And when you think of Freddie Prince Jr., the first thing you don't think of, you don't necessarily think of him as Latino, but you talk to him, and he's really and he's very proud yeah. of his Latin culture. You know, Wait. he's he's done he's done cookbooks. Wait, Buffy's married to a Latino. Yeah, Buffy's married to a Latino. <laughs> I had never thought about it that way. Yeah, and so I, you know, I thought that and, was great. And this is on Peacock streaming for Peacock free? streaming for free. All oh, 10 I need episodes. to watch this. It's really cute. Has it gotten good reviews and all that? 
Um, it's gotten meh reviews, but the thing is, not I not the Punky Brewster was a you know. But that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know what people were expecting. Like it's. It, it gave me the warm fuzzies. Like, I yeah. watched it all in one day. It's only five hours. It's Is Cleo in it? Margo, Margo. Margo, Margo. Margo is in an episode. And is in, it really her? Yeah. She's in one episode, yeah. Do you remember the episode with the doll? <laughs> the doll. Yeah, where Margo's parents lose all their money, but she got to keep her really fancy doll. Oh, no. The, I always remember the episode where, I think it was like a Halloween episode or something, where they go camping and there's like a haunted cave. No. I no, I don't know that one. Yeah. I think about that one. I think about the one where Mark Paul Gossler was in it. Yep. That she's like, take a walk, walker, and then she breaks the egg on him. Yep. And then I think of the one when they were trying to get boobs. That they're doing that massage thing. Well, yeah, she's like, Guess what, Henry? I'm getting boobs. Yeah. Yeah. And she had the best. The best. Treehouse ever. They still have the treehouse. They still have the treehouse. They still have the treehouse. I, the tree I remember I wanted that treehouse. Of course. I still want that treehouse. <laughs> yeah, man, life was good. He used to watch Punky Brewster, then yep. Double Dare. Yeah. There's even a there's even a line about I don't know if you remember the episode where uh Cherry gets locked in the refrigerator. Uh-huh. You remember that episode yes. where so there's a line like where Sherry Cherry is with like her girlfriend or whatever, and she's like, I love you. Her, her girlfriend is saying to Cherry, she's like, I love you, even though you have this irrational fear of refrigerators. And they, oh, nice. and they, and That's they a both nice little Easter egg. And they both kind of went like, There's a story there. You know what's really interesting about Punky Brewster being redone? Is that I feel that Punky Brewster, even though it was on network television, it was one of these like Well, it did two two years on NBC and two years in first run syndication. Okay. So there you go. It proves what I was going to say. It was these shows that like it was you thought it was really popular because it was you were a kid and it was to your demographic. It was popular amongst your friends. But now right. as an adult, I realize that show wasn't that, that show wasn't like a top 20 show. Or, right, right. Like it wasn't an Emmy nominated show or anything like that. But in your world as a kid, it was a it very, was very popular, popular show. Yeah. So... But Save That by the Bell costs, but, but Punky, Punky Brewster's Brewster, free. No. Punky Brewster's free, yeah. Oh, I got to watch that. Yeah, it's really cute. And if anybody out there knows how to get in touch with Freddie Prince Jr., we'd love to have him on the show. Meet up, I. So Buffy's married to a... To un Latino. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. Yeah. And again, like, you know, people, oh, to your point of like, oh, what's a Latino? What does it look like? You know, it's one of the things that we try to strive for on this show. And it's like, you don't think of him as such, but he's very proud of his heritage. Does he have... Does he do in the show that Freddie Prince Jr. like look that do you remember that pouty look he would give? No, because it's a sitcom. So there's not there's not much call for pouty. You know, I thought one of his finest moments was on Friends. Oh, he was great. Yeah. Which is funny. I really was never a fan of him per se. No hate. I just you know, his movies, were, yeah. his movies were very like centered to like teenage girls mm-hmm. at the time and you know, whatever. I was like angry watching The Matrix. Um and um he uh, when he came out on Friends in that last season that he was the nanny the, the manny yeah. that was hilarious with the recorder yeah hilarious so yeah. my favorite movie is actually one that people don't even remember exists what? it's with him and Monica Potter head over heels I'm sure if I look at the cover I'll know she is an art restoration person that she lives with four models uh-huh. and he's like a FBI agent or something. Oh, and, that's believable. And has like a huge dog or something like that. I don't know. It's just, I love that movie. It's just a stupid ass movie, but I love it. Hold on. I need to look at the cover of this. Nope. Okay. I do know. I do know the also, cover. Also, I love Monica Potter. <laughs> What's Maria Bello doing nowadays? Oh, she'd know. be something, something great to get on the show. 
Oh, I don't know. But is she Maria Bello or Maria Bello? I think she's Italian. Mm. I mean, if she wants to come on the show, I'm not going to tell her not to because so, I love me some Maria Bello. Anyway. <laughs> Man, did I love Coyote Ugly. <laughs> Didn't we all? <laughs> that movie sucks, but it's so good. <laughs> it's a fun movie. It's so good. It's a, and, it's, and it's, I freaking it's, don't yeah. even like Leanne Rhymes, and I freaking have the soundtrack, <laughs> and I jam till this day to Can't Fight the Moonlight. <laughs> As we all should. <laughs> on that note. On that note. On that we're, note. We're not going to fight the moonlight anymore. Because nothing says Miami in 305 Day more than... Coyote Ugly. A Coyote Ugly and Leanna Rhymes, right? On that note, happy 305 Day, everybody. Miami rules. Yes. Miami rocks. No matter what, you know... What you may hear otherwise. Of people, you know... <laughs> Whatever. ...would say. Um, thank you again for joining us. That was episode 146. Remember to grab your pastelito, your croqueta, and your cafecito. Uh, we hope you listen, laugh, and learn. And thank you so much, everybody. Have a great weekend. Happy Friday. Bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano. Produced by Ismaeliano. And our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex the official gay guy and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes alright okay so if you've made it this far <laughs> it's because you love hearing about us so today we have a special guest that we haven't had yes, in a little bit missing so, him. so live from first grade it's Tristan Boy, yay. say hi Tristan Tristan, what do we tell you about talking into the microphone? Yeah, you got to step up to the mic, sir. Hi, everybody. It's so the new guy. Up to? It's been a while. Don't call me new because I've been in like 100 episodes. Wow. Yeah, that's true. He's been in 100 he's, episodes. He's been in a lot. Yeah, he has been. So before we started recording, you were telling us that it's tough being a kid? Yeah. Okay, tell us why is it it's tough being a kid. Well, I have a lot of hard moments and stuff like blah, 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 blah. And yeah... T- tell us a little bit about those hard moments. That's not very telling. You gotta a, tell us. A little bit of those hard moments. Yeah. What are some of those hard moments? You. Me? Him? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Is it is it because you've been you've been at home the last year with COVID and, and your dad's like really strict with your schoolwork? Yup. Yeah? Is that what it is? That's part, kind of. Yeah. Darren, you gotta ease up on that schoolwork, man. Well, my mom's the one who does it, but I have problems with them with just a little, like, <laughs> you have problems with your parents? Yeah, most times. Is it be- is it is it because of them or because of you? It's because of us. Yeah. Because of your parents. <laughs> yeah. So, so oh, no. So what is it that you like to do that your parents get mad at you? Oh. What are you talking about? What is it that you do that makes your parents mad? Do I seriously have to say that? Well, that's all right. You can take the fifth. Say, plead, I plead the fifth. What's the fifth? What are you talking Just about? Just say, I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. But uh, we're going to ask you three questions, and you can plead the fifth to only one of them. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, so do you have questions? Is that what, okay. is, is that what this is okay. called? Okay. So who's your crush at school? What? You have a crush? Is, uh, is it Jennifer Page? What? <laughs> No. Is it Jennifer Lopez? No. Adriana Kano. Oh. Oh, First and last name. Oh. You are on notice, girl. (laughs) Okay. 
Okay. Oh, okay. I know. I know her. She's a nice girl. Oh, that's nice. That's I know. Cute. I know. They've been together since preschool. Yep. Aww. Wow. She's known her. Well, 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 well. But she was not with me in kindergarten. Right. And her birthday, I think, is the day before, or the day after yours. Born. I was born December 25, 2013. She was born December 28, 2013. Oh, so, oh, so close so, enough. So you're an older man. Oh, look at you. Yep. Three days older. Yep, yep. So so what what show are you really into right now? Uh, I'm not into that. Oh, no. Oh, you watched this week. You watched it like three times, the Tom and Jerry movie. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And tell people why you like the Tom and Jerry movie. Well, it's of Tom and Jerry, and Tom and Jerry's the most popular cartoon in this world, anyways. As it should be. Tom and Jerry kicks massive butt. When was th- when did Tom and Jerry first come out? 1940. 1940. Wow. Okay. Wow. I mean, they were old, but dang, that's old. You know, the other day my parents were here, and they almost argued with me that Tom and Jerry was from Disney, and I'm like, uh, no. And they're like, yes, it is. It used to be in Disney, and I'm like. No, no, it's not. Tom and Jerry was, <laughs> was never an, Disney. It was an MGM production that then when MGM got bought out by Warner Brothers, it also became now part of the Hanna-Barbera. Family. I was like, I know it is Hanna-Barbera. And then I know that in the 80s, they had like that other thing that they their cartoons look different. Hold on a yeah. second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? Hold on, hold that on. That was the Chuck Jones. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Tom and Jerry was made in 1940, but mm-hmm. Warner Brothers was made in the 1910s or in the 1920s, I think. Uh-huh. Yep. But eventually what happened was Tom and Jerry first came out as part of MGM. What's MGM? It was a movie studio. Metro Golden Mayor. Metro Golden Mayor that used to create the cartoons that would air before movies at the movie theater as shorts. And then eventually, I don't know when exactly, but Hanna-Barbera, which is owned by Warner Brothers, bought Tom and Jerry. So now it's part of the Hanna-Barbera family. And um, tell the microphone there because I don't know. So tell us, who came out first? Felix the Cat or Tom and Jerry? Of course, Felix the Cat. Uh huh. Well, Felix right. the Felix, I forget about Felix the Cat. Felix the Cat was 1919. Wow, really? That, that, dang. Who's older, Felix the Cat or Betty Boop? Felix. When did Betty Boop come out? In the 30s. In the 30s? Yeah, that's why, because Betty Boop is like a flapper. So that makes sense. Oh, that's. I've never thought of her as a flapper. Yeah, that's why she was just a little garter belt. And the little dress. She's All like, I know is that Betty Boop was popular in Cuba. Well, well, <laughs> the first cartoon was Felix the Cat, nineteen nineteen. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Wait, Felix the Cat is older than Steamboat Willie. Yeah. Yeah, I think Steamboat Willie was the first feature length. Oh, okay. You know Steamboat, what? Steamboat, hold on. Oh, that's Actually, you know what our listeners would really like to hear? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Felix the Cat first came out. In Feline Follies, 1919 short. Mickey Mouse first came out in 1928 playing crazy. And the and the next produce... That's right. Steamboat Willie was the first one that had sound. Yeah. That's right. Okay. No, no, wait, no. Yeah. Wait, no, tell our playing listeners. crazy had sound. Okay, tell our listeners, because a lot of people don't know this, the difference between, like, the whole story of Oswald. Oh, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. The Rabbit. And what happened with Oswald that we eventually got Mickey Mouse? No, he did not. Okay, explain it to people. People don't know. Tell people what it is. Well, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit aired 1927 in Poor Papa. And and Walt Disney lost Oswald in 1928. So he... What do you mean he lost him? Yeah, he lost him. 
So he was. So he. Okay. And then, uh, and then another thing on him. I don't. I. I don't oh, know. Was it Universal? Maybe. No, it was not Universal. Okay. So. Well, well, well. RKO. When Tom and I mean, sorry. When, when, um, when, when Oswald the Lucky Rabbit first aired, it was actually Universal Pictures. Oh, it was Universal Pictures creation. Yes. Cool. Okay. I did not know so, that. so Disney loses Oswald the Lucky Rabbit to Universal. So then, what happened? No, when he first aired in Poor Papa, he was still Universal. Okay. Also, and this will be the last thing we talk about. Because our listeners really want to know. Tell us a little bit about the first time that Donald Duck ever came out. <gasps> the Wise Little Hen, nineteen thirty-four. The Wise Little Hen. What What does the Wise Little Hen say that you like? Please don't make me see it in front of that thing. <laughs> Come on, tell us. No. You're amongst friends. Will you help me run my con? <laughs> have you seen it? I have. It's really funny. Have, they're like, we have it. a stomach ache. And then at the end, she gives him castor oil. The little hen, what's her name? Little hen? The wise little hen. The wise little yeah, hen? Yeah. She, she She's wasn't, not playing around. No, she wasn't playing around. She's not playing around. Either you help or you don't get any food. And I have to tell you that for like very basic animation of what year, Tristan? 1934. When she makes that whole meal out of corn, it looks very delicious. Like, <laughs> the, the cornbread is, like, on point. <laughs> it's like southern cornbread. So, anyway, well, thank you, Tristan, for being you, um, on the show today and giving us an explanation. Of, actually, seriously, yeah, our listeners are really like that. A lot of people don't know about Oswald the, 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 rabbit. the rabbit and, uh, like... You know, they know they just see Donald Duck and all these characters and then they just they don't really know where they came from. And did you know when Oswald was given to these other people, they were the same creators of um I forgot, but I think Tom and Jerry. I forgot. I well, that forgot. Been, that would have been uh Johanna and William Barbera. Okay, uh well I don't know the cartoon that they made after, but I know they made a cartoon after that mm -hmm. because, yeah, I saw it on YouTube. I have to tell you that he, he seriously, he saw, he saw the, the, the Tom and Jerry movie. He's seen it like three or four times since it came out. And it warms my heart that he's watching Tom and Jerry. I told him that he should watch it with Mima because my grandmother loves Tom and Jerry because I, she could understand it. The, 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 well, well, is Tom and Jerry hold on. It's March 5. Right. I'm saying it's March Yes, yes. I'm saying it's March 5. I mean, yeah, it's March 5. And, well, the Tom and Jerry movie aired, I mean, it was made February 26. That's what it on theaters now. and on HBO Max. Yes, yes sir. Yes. That's what, I, yes. that's what I saw. It, it warms my heart that he likes Tom and Jerry. Hold on, hold on. I started Tom and Jerry when the movie first came out in 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 February 26, 2021. I know, I know you did. So, anyway, thank you for being on Pero Let Me Tell You. Thank you for stopping by, buddy. And that was the bonus section of today's episode. Well, it warms my heart that I was in the episode. Yes. Thank you very much. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 